Welcome to Tales of Camborne Town, curated by Bid Camborne, Camborne's business improvement district. I'm your host, Anna Pascoe, and each episode, we'll be introducing you to talk and topics for fans of Camborne Town, podcasting from Camborne in the very heart of Cornwall. Good afternoon, everyone. It's the Tales of Camborne Town podcast once more. And this afternoon, I've got the great pleasure of being down at one of uh, Camborne's great locations, Camborne Rugby Club. And I'm here with the president, Bill Hussey. Good afternoon, Bill. Good afternoon, Anna. Welcome to Camborne Rugby Club. 141 years old, established in 1878. Oh, amazing. still going strong. (laughs) Well, I've been around for some of those years, not all. Obviously, um, I won't, as a lady, mention my age, but it's good to know that we've got something in the town that's been supporting the community for quite quite that length of time. Um, Do you live in Camborne yourself? Well, the first house I ever bought was uh, in Beacon, actually, so I suppose I'm a Beacon boy, but I live on the outskirts of Ah, very nice. And um, so you said the rugby club's been around for over 140 years. And That's right. Could you just tell me? So if, you know, we're going we're to keep people listening for about 10-15 minutes, but we probably haven't got time to go through the whole 141 years. No. But what were the highlights over those years? Would you say? Oh my gosh, I wasn't alive at the beginning. <laughs> but, uh, I, I, I don't know. I guess the rivalry between Campbell and Redruth has endured throughout all that time. Um, <laughs> the association with the Camborne School of Mines, which I was privileged to go to. And um, you know, that association is still still there through our use of the Camborne School of Mines Memorial Pitch, which uh, thankfully we've been able to lease from them. So we have three pitches operating at the moment. So that's that's very good. Okay, whereabouts are the three pitches? I think most people are familiar with the one down behind Camborne Park, we'd probably say, but you're using one with the School of Mines as well? That's just down the road from Bangabeen Lane, uh, from the Holmans uh, Social Club, it's it's further on down there. Uh, It's a bit tricky to get to, (laughs) it's a very narrow lane, but I can remember when I was a student having to get there by car, and if nobody had a car, we had to run from our change rooms, which were in Gustavus Road, <laughs> and run all the way to the training thing, so it was part of the training regime, really. That's a good part of warm-up, really, isn't it? It, it is indeed, <laughs> yeah. And the other pitch, of course, is out, right outside the clubhouse, which is wonderful, because we have all kinds of uh, activities going on there. In the summertime, we have, you know, uh, going to bouncy castle fairs, we have a fun fair. We have uh, motorbike rallies, Goldwing came down here, I think uh, Harley Davidson have been down here, and they, they, they have a really good time, so it's uh, and good revenue for us in the, in the close season. Yeah, exactly, it's a real community feel here, isn't it? And um, you were talking about um, using the different pitches for different trainings, so uh, for those who perhaps haven't been down recently or maybe people have got kids and they're interested in getting them involved in a, a healthy hobby, mm-hmm. uh, are you, do you have training and sessions available to girls and boys, all different ages? Yeah, we've got, you know, we cater for everybody from the age of seven, really. Uh, we've got quite a strong girls and ladies section. There's about 35 girls involved with that at the moment. Uh, the girls train with the boys up to the age of 12, and then they split off and, and go their own, their own way. And then we've got uh, the youth section, which trains kids from the age of seven, going up to 16 so uh, yeah it's covering uh, the 10 kind of uh, pods in there if you like all yeah. under development 
uh, very strong interest there because you know the uh, the new section provides a bit of relief for parents as well. Mum can get on with some housework with the kids out, and Dad can come down and have a pint and watch his youngsters developing into a future England star. You never know. You don't know indeed. And <laughs> well, we have we have Matty, the Matavesi brothers are quite famous course, from from yeah. uh, Two of them played international rugby for Fiji. Sam Matavesi and Josh Madavesi, and of course uh, in the older generation the wonderful John Collins who's still going strong um, I, I wouldn't like to repeat what his age is but uh, <laughs> he, he was the last Cameron player to play as an England international so that is quite a, an achievement and he still comes to some of our sponsored days and uh, introduces himself to everybody so that's also welcome good to see people putting Camborne on the map isn't it and um, something we've been doing actually at Bid Camborne this year uh, we've included uh, within our town guide which we publish each year a postcard so that people can kind of send uh, pictures of Camborne all over the world we've actually also been encouraging people to post the postcards back to us so that we can see where people have travelled because of course with mining with sport um, with our kind of great industrial heritage Camborne has got links all over the United Kingdom and all over the world as as you well know and um, do do your rugby players get the chance to travel um, how often would somebody kind of compete um, away from home if they say oh, yeah. to be in the youth <laughs> squad and then progressed up if, through if the you ranks ask the senior rugby players about traveling yeah they yeah. have to travel you know on a Saturday they have to travel to the Thames Valley to play a game of rugby and then travel all the way back again yeah. on the same day sometimes I mean we try to accommodate them overnight if we possibly can because you know to set off from Camborne at five o'clock in the morning and get there at 12 o'clock and then play a game of rugby and then come all the way back is not good and it's not good for family life as well because sure. these guys have got families to look after as well so and mortgages to pay it's difficult to to, to get players um, you know with the motivation uh, with the, all the responsibilities that they have you know a, apart from playing rugby for Camborne. Yeah of course and um you mentioned as well some of the Camborne um, people who've started out their rugby careers in Camborne have gone on to play internationally. Now, I believe there's a bit of international rugby going on at the moment. Is there is there a particular um, match coming up that, that might be on the radar, might be of interest to a few listeners? <laughs> <laughs> I know that uh, in the Rugby World Cup, uh, England are playing Argentina on Saturday, so uh, they're a pretty uh, redoubtable team, and so the English, so it should be a... a a well-fought and hard game, I would imagine. Looking at it, I would hope that England will come out on, on top and that the uh, winners of the of the different um, uh, leagues will probably turn out as they normally do, with the, the strongest ones being in the top two to go into the quarter-finals. But we've seen some surprises. Yeah. Indeed, Japan yeah. Japan was one, one certainly, and uh, Fiji losing to uh, Uruguay was also another one. So. There's always interest there, and that's what's good about rugby. It involves everybody, people of different sizes, people, tall people, thin people, fast people, slow <laughs> people, heavy people. There's a, there's a place for everybody in the game. That sounds brilliant. And um, if you could give us a prediction for a scoreline between England and Argentina, what, what would it be? I think it would be uh, quite close. I think that perhaps mm, probably England would, would win it. I wouldn't like to predict what the score was. I can't see Argentina collapsing too much pride at stake, and I can't see England sure. giving up either. So I would think something like, I don't know, 21 
18 or something oh, like that. you heard it here, heard it here <laughs> first <laughs> and um, also thinking about kind of matches where there might be kind of you know a little bit of history behind them now there's a certain event um, on, on Boxing Day isn't there between uh, Camborne's rugby team and um, another town not a million miles from here now could you just remind me who, who came out on top in that, that clash last year Bill and, and who, who those teams are well, I don't know, I have to think about that. <laughs> uh, last year, um, I do remember going to Red Roof. I don't remember leaving. I mean, it was a wonderful, wonderful <laughs> day. Uh, Boxing Day is part of the heritage uh, between the two towns. It's a competition, keenly fought, it, fought and uh, uh, widely anticipated by all dads who've been opening and helping their kids assemble all the Christmas presents in the morning rebuilding airfix models and things like that <laughs> to be able to get out have a pint see their mates some of whom they haven't seen for many years and all get together and uh, have a really really good time uh, normally as you probably aware Red Ruth playing the league above us so we are the underdogs but uh, it was nice last year to be able to turn it around and keeps the competition alive a bit like the school of mines always had a competition against the world school of mines which i think is the oldest university, second oldest university match after uh, Oxford and Cambridge and uh, that is still going after all, all these years also and uh, it's good to have these things that keep the name of Camborne alive one way or the other and Red Ruth come to that. <laughs> We're all living together at the end of the day. Yeah exactly, it's a friendly friendly rivalry isn't it but it's always nice when, when Campbell comes out on top but we would say that wouldn't we? <laughs> Um, what do you find most rewarding about uh, the role of president with the rugby club, Bill? I suppose it's um, getting the people from the community involved in the community's premier game. You know, um, the, the less and less green areas for kids to play, so you know they can soon get up to mischief in in uh, urban areas. And so it's, it's a pleasure to be able to offer them these facilities. And the club has put. A lot of time and effort with the teams of people at the club, um, revitalising the club, the clubhouse, putting in better facilities, getting things up to date. I suppose one of the things about rugby nowadays is that most of the administrators are my age and uh, you know, <laughs> getting on a bit. But you know, the youngsters not living in our world of newspapers and things like this, they're living in the media world, which is why I'm doing this particular now and um, it's good to get the uh, the children off the streets and involved in something that has uh, a sense of discipline and pride and organization to become part of a team and uh, it's also a fun environment as well it's nice for the kids to be able to run around and uh, one thing I'm very proud of is that the club with working with the town council and the county council managed to get the uh, main pitch dedicated as a, uh, <coughs> excuse me, as a field in, uh, dedicated to those who died in the war. So it's uh, very important and also uh, it will always be a green space for the people of uh, Camborne. And um, I've also persuaded, uh, hoping to complete very shortly, the same kind of thing for the School of Mines uh, ground. So uh, we'll have at least three green spaces around all the houses that are developing around us. Yeah, and it's really nice to see that kind of partnership working with the councils yeah. and different organisations. Like you say, um, it's sort of just 
builds on that community spirit that the rugby club has, has always been about mm. and uh, just thinking as well because so far we've mainly talked about the sport because of course that is <laughs> the main premise of the rugby club but um, actually in terms of events um, sort of birthdays special occasions or sort of sad occasions like funerals and you know, the rugby club rugby club plays quite a big part in Camborne's community because well, of the facilities it has, the amount of people it can hold for events. Certainly, I mean, with the, you know, the reason we invested the capital into the facilities is that, you know, that will generate more funds for us to be able to utilise. You know, we've got a grandstand that we have to maintain and that's a big project that's going on at yes. the moment. And we have a lot of new people coming into the Camborne area, there are a lot of new houses being built. And hopefully this podcast, I'm appealing to them, come down to Camborne Rugby Club, get involved. Uh, you'll get a warm welcome down here and there's plenty of work to be done at all times with people of all different abilities. But um, it's, uh, we need to see these people and get, and get them involved with the club. It's their club. It's not our club, it's their club. That sounds brilliant. And I'm assuming that you guys are quite active on social media. So um, if people wanted to get in touch, would they be able to find you on Facebook? Do they give you a ring? Do they give you an email or all of those things? Well, we've got a, a wonderful guy who looks after all our, our media uh, outlets, uh, Jeff, Jeff Nichols. Um, he, um, we have a, he has a Facebook page. We have... Uh, Camborne IFC, you just need to Google Camborne IFC and it will come up on Pichero. Oh, and um, you can find out what the team is, what the event's going on. We keep it up to date. So if right. it's not something that was invented, although I was involved back in 2002, I think it was, setting up the first um, uh, website when nobody had websites <laughs> and everybody relied on the newspaper. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and then Jeff... Jeff uh, Nicholas took over from uh, our uh, my 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 brother-in-law, and uh, it's been going strong ever since. And he's really good at these uh, kind of things. So yeah, there's plenty of news out there, everything that's going on in the club, and all the results of all the sections and. Uh, match reports upcoming team selection people upcoming want to come fixes. along and do people need to book in advance or can they turn up on match days no they can turn up on match days it's eight quid on on the gate so you can become a member which we, we much prefer get involved with the club and we have two levels of membership gold membership which allows you to come through all the pre-match buffets where oh, yeah. you can enjoy the hospitality you can enjoy interacting with fellow business people with fellow friends you can meet new people um, and there is the cherry and white membership, which is the standard membership where you can you can have access, you can vote to the committee, people like me, on or off, mm -hmm. and uh, you have uh, the ability to be able to uh, apply for international tickets at Twickenham, which uh, is, is, a, is a very good facility, and of course come to anything that's going on at the club. So yeah, lots of options. Sounds good. And um, we're sort of going to wrap things up. Now, I think we've covered quite a lot, but are there any kind of upcoming events or, or things that you just wanted let, to let people know about before we sign off, Phil? Yeah, I, I, I would indeed. I'd, I'd just like to mention before we do cut off, you know, that uh, our game relies very much on sponsorship. We're very privileged to be sponsored by one of the world's, the 70th best known brand in the world, <laughs> which is. Am I allowed to make plugs? I don't know. <laughs> Sharps Jumbar, so they're around Trubaskis Farm, Plumstop, the old Key House, and even a company in London, Tower Cranes, which are 
uh, very good supporters. But this Saturday um, we have Blacknell RC playing here and we're supported by Edmondson Electrical. We thank them for their sponsorship and we look forward to a great crowd here. And we're finally on Saturday, October the 26th, the rugby guys have organised uh, an Oktoberfest with a live umpire band wow. with free sausages and free stein. Uh, I suppose you could look at it as a kind of Brexit rec reconciliation day before the trade <laughs> fair. So everybody's welcome to come down to that. Well, that sounds much better than the kind of arguing that's going on in Parliament, <laughs> doesn't it, if you're thinking of, of marking that, that end of the month and all of the thoughts about Europe at that time. Yeah. But it's been lovely speaking with you today, Bill. Thank you so much for that. And hopefully anyone who wasn't quite sure what the rugby club offered now has a bit more insight. People who are already fans have, have had the chance to kind of find out a bit more, hear about everything that's up and coming and, and the ins and outs of the working. So we look forward to supporting you um, and encouraging people to, to kind of come and enjoy the rugby club either as a player or somebody who does it as a hobby or someone who does it as a spectator. Uh, thank you very much, Bill. Onwards and upwards. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Tales of Camborne Town, curated by Bid Camborne, Camborne's Business Improvement District. If you enjoyed this edition and you'd like to listen to some more episodes featuring talk and topics for fans of Camborne Town, then please visit your favourite podcast directory where you can also find details of all current and forthcoming episodes on our website www.camborntown.com or on our social media.